This is Crucial Tech, a podcast about the technology that affects us all, but few of us understand, presented in a format that can give you some basic understanding and the time it takes to drive to the grocery store. I'm Luke Covey, an independent journalist who's been writing about various technologies ranging from renewable energy to digital security for more than 40 years. I probably know more about it than you do, and if I don't, I will introduce you to those who do. It's been a busy week, and right at the point where I think I can switch off of digital security and into alternative energy. I've got an interesting story coming up on that. Uh, But just when I think I can segue over to something else, stuff happens. Now, I just finished uh, coming back from a conference in San Diego called the Techno Security and Digital Forensics Conference. Um, And uh, I mentioned something about that because I did an interview with uh, Matthew Rosenquist, the senior uh, security analyst for Intel, uh, which is up on my YouTube channel. And I'm going to be doing, uh, I'm going to be putting that out on this podcast as well, uh, where a lot of interesting things came up. So I'm going to be dwelling on that for a while. Uh, But uh, in my inbox this morning, I got an email from my editors saying he wanted me to take a look at uh, this uh, new problem that's cropped up in, uh, of all places, Norway, uh, where there is a Norwegian company by the name of Norsk Hydro that is one of the world's leading manufacturers of aluminum components. Uh, And they got hacked uh, with a ransomware virus. And uh, if, if you want to take a look at my article on the eWeb that's going to be coming up this week, uh, I'm going to be ranting a bit at how we should be not be attacked this way uh, with the knowledge, knowledge that we have about ransomware, uh, because most ransomware is not produced by technology geniuses. Uh, in fact, uh, I'll be going into one story about it, how organized crime is actually selling the tools to common people around the world to attack major corporations. Um, also this week, I found out something rather something rather interesting. We all hear about the dark web. Ooh. Well, the dark web is not that big of a problem. Uh, 95% of the cybercrime that goes on in this world happens right out in the open on the common web that everybody uses. But we talk about the dark web as this dark and, and foreboding place where crime happens. And a lot of people uh, identify the dark web with a web browser called Tor, T-O-R. Uh, which was, uh, it's not really all that secure for the criminals because guess what? Tor was created by the CIA and is used by the NSA and the Navy and uh, most of the armed forces to be able to find out where bad things are happening before they happen. Uh, so if you think you can use Tor to hide yourself from uh, the, the authorities, you're not really doing it. Uh, yes, you can be anonymous in there, but they know what's going on and they know where to find you. So I would suggest not using that. So on later episodes, we'll probably get into that. Uh, But today we're going to uh, go back to uh, a previous interview. Actually, it's a continuation of an interview that I did with Ashok Babar of Axiato. Uh, Full disclosure, Axiato does help sponsor this program. Um, They are going into the area of artificial intelligence. And we've talked about this a little bit uh, 
uh, in more depth with another approach to it, uh, with Dr. Callium at the University of uh, Missouri, and uh, what they're creating in the form of uh, software, uh, artificial intelligence, uh, to uh, protect cloud servers. Uh, but we're going to talk uh, some of the, the nuts and bolts about uh, artificial intelligence as it's applied to uh, uh, digital security. And then we'll be doing a second episode with the CTO of Axiato, Axel Kloth. Uh, so we're going to get into that, uh, the um, talk with uh, Ashok Babar right now. Ashok, thanks for joining us today. This Thank AI you. thing is kind of a mess. <laughs> yes. As is pretty much all technology in the world. Right. Um, there, there's a lot of hype right now about AI. Lots of people are investing in it, but it's kind of like back in the dot-com world where every company wanted to become a dot-com dot com. company, yep. and not even knowing what that meant, but they just wanted that in their, their marketing. Uh, it seems like that seems to be where, where it's going today. So let's talk about what true AI is, and are we going, to see it in relation to security. I mean, matter of fact, let me step back. I, you know, I sent you an article about the guy who talked about how everything that's being called AI is not necessarily AI. Correct. It could be machine learning, it could be data mining, uh, it, it could be all kinds of different things, right. and all of that might be in AI. Correct. But it is not necessarily AI in and of itself. Right. Okay. Right. And then I also sent you the article about. Uh, the study being done at the University of, of Missouri, mm -hmm. uh, where they are using uh, AI, artificial intelligence, I should probably say what that AI means, <laughs> artificial yeah. intelligence to identify when there's an intrusion taking place and then defer that intruder to a decoy of the enterprise and make them think that they're actually in there. And then later to determine how to defend against it when he comes back. Right. Okay. So that is again, it's an after after the fact security right. Right. issue. Right. It may be using AI effectively, but it isn't stopping AI. So let's talk about AI and security. Do you think we will have a true AI in security in the foreseeable future? Uh, I think it depends on the application. Okay. Right. So let me explain. If I was to give you, if I was to say, okay, take a fingerprint, and only this person is allowed to enter the building, right? You can look at that pattern, and if there's anything different than that, you're going to say, no, you can't mm -hmm. enter, right? Or a retina scan. So AI can be used for something like that, for pattern recognition. So if the, if the formula is this pattern versus this, and don't allow it, it's a very simple formula, right? To actually make sure that those patterns are not the same, therefore we're not gonna let you in. But as the application gets complicated, that's where the problem comes in. So you have to have certain type of training initially, and, and that training can be biased, depending mm -hmm. on who's actually, who's the expert, who's actually Which is a problem Tra people call Wait. about AI is that That's right. often AI is biased according right. to who programmed right. it. Right, but the, but the other issue is that the, the system itself is also flawed, right? 
So you have software AI running on top of hardware, which can cause a lot of other issues. The permutations- Well, the hardware itself is- Is flawed, yeah. right, in terms of security. So when you put another layer on top of it, it's gonna cause even more problems. So AI can be used uh, in, a, in a way that it is, that gives you security, and I think in the f foreseeable future, it can be done right, and uh, as long as the, your system is also secured. Okay. Now, you are doing AI on the hardware itself, correct? Correct. So, as opposed to what everyone else is doing is AI and software. Right. Is there, are there any other companies that are doing hardware no, AI? No, no. It, and it's not a very simple, uh, you know, technology. Uh, we had to, uh, we took five years to actually develop all these technologies because we not only did the AI in hardware, but also we removed attack surfaces from every single module that goes into a microprocessor. And that's what makes the difference. So you are clean of attack surfaces on the other modules, and then you have AI on top, which is basically looking at anomalies okay. coming in, right? And uh, then you don't have to worry about, you know, hackers going into, uh, or the permutation of how each attack surface, how it can permutate through all, through the entire level. But uh, I'll give you an example of um, an operating system, which is, let's say Linux, for example. There are 61,000 files and 25 million lines of code, mm -hmm. right? And has about recorded vulnerabilities of about 5,000, right? And as you make those changes, it's an open source, as you make those changes, you have to test it through each and every type of application. There is no way you can actually fill up the security holes that are there. And if you take a statistical, statistical look at this thing, it is only half of those security holes actually get fixed. The rest of them are still hanging around. As many as half? As many as half, Okay. right? And there's no other way to fix, I mean, there's no way to fix them because you, your applications will not run and then they won't be backward compatible. Okay. Right? So it's very hard to fix the problems that we have today. And the only way to fix those problems is basically do a clean start from the ground up and develop a secured hardware and secure operating system and a secure application. So you're doing all three of those? We're doing all three of them. Okay, now, there's two ways you can approach AI. You can hire a bunch of security experts to program the AI, or you can let the AI train itself. Which direction are you going in? Okay, I think initially you have to train the AI. Okay. Right? That these are the, these are the uh, types of uh, patterns that are harmful. And uh, anything abnormal to that, or anything which is uh, which matches something like this, don't let it through, right? And these are the clean patterns. So if you see something different, then you can throw it in a sandbox, and which can be observed later on. So 
Talos um, is, is made by um, Cisco. Uh, Cisco. And uh, they, that's exactly what they do is, but it's after the fact. So you get attacked and then the patent goes to Talos and they analyze the patent and say whether it was really malicious or not. Yeah, and that's, that's the problem I see with all digital security is it's, it's always after the fact. That's right, right. And, uh, and we, can, we can mitigate all of that uh, by having the AI engine in the hardware because you have to be able to analyze at line speed. So anything that's coming in has to be analyzed. And at the same time, you don't want the CPU to be interacting with malicious software. Mm -hmm. And we do things very differently. So the AI engine is able to detect and throw it in a sandbox or kill it or let it through. Okay. It's a very simple formula, and uh, as long as you know what is malicious and what isn't, right? And it's for to keep yourself safe, you can always throw it in a sandbox and look at it later. Mm -hmm. Now, the AI can also be transformed into saying that, okay, this is, looks suspicious. Let me send it to another PC, and we're going to bring it up. And if it something goes wrong, then I can say this was malicious, right? So the mm -hmm. AI can learn itself by throwing that piece of data into another machine which is not on a live network, right? Right. And it can detect it, and it can say whether it was malicious or not malicious, and then it knows. It can learn itself, right? If the application goes crazy or the 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 uh, system goes crazy, then you know that there was a problem or somebody's trying to siphon off data. So there's a lot of things that can be done and I think we can get close enough to true security with AI, but it still needs to be monitored by human beings. Okay, so let's say Axiato takes over the world. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this AI, uh, your hardware-based AI is, is what it's supposed to be. Is that going to keep us digitally secure? I think it will get you close to near reality, secure. Okay. Yeah. But you still need a few other things. I think that it still needs to be monitored. Okay. Because um, hackers are also using AI, right, to determine how yeah. to hack. Yeah. So you have both sides, it's like a cat and mouse game going on, but uh, I think as long as you can have a attack-free surface architecture, AI will work far better than what people are trying to do today. Okay, thank you. Thank you. So that was Ashok Babar, CEO of Axiato, talking about how we can apply artificial intelligence to cybersecurity. And we'll be getting deeper into that with a discussion with the CTO, uh, Axel Cloth, in our next episode. Uh, but I wanted to go back to uh, the opening statement about the ransomware attack on Norsk Hydro. Um, folks, it's 2019. 
Ransomware has been around for a decade and we are still getting attacked. But even on a deeper level, I mean, the, the cyber criminals who use ransomware are going away from the pensioners and the teenagers that they would try and get a few pennies from and are now going after where the real money is. Corporations, people that can pay them thousands of dollars, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars for the ransom. Uh, and as, as uh, I mentioned in my article at EEWeb on this particular issue, uh, again, if you want to read that, you go to eeweb.com, you look up my name, Luke Kevin, you will see the article. Um, it's really simple to stop this stuff. Yeah, it, it, you, you may want to apply tools and technology to filter the stuff out, which is possible. You can do that. But from an individual level, there is so much more we can do. Uh, you can, when you go to work, you don't open a, uh, an email from your private email and then open up the email. Uh, that gives them permission to get into whatever system you have to be uh, contacting from. Uh, you, uh, you don't bring your IoT device and check your email there because if you're using the corporate Wi-Fi, they can check you, they, they, can, they can enter that way. So stop doing silly things on an individual level. On a corporate level, the, the, the C-level staff needs to commit themselves to training staff uh, or the employees how to do cybersecurity well. You're not doing it. You need to start doing it. And we need to start doing it on an individual level, even in our homes. At home, I use an air-gapped hard drive in order to do my backups. But my when I say air-gapped, that means I, it, this is an external hard drive that I connect to my computer once a day with the Wi-Fi off. I don't have, a connect, don't have my system connected to the internet at all. And I back up my computer from that. That way, if someone ends up hacking into me, if I do make a stupid mistake and open up a, a file from someone I don't know that I didn't ask for, uh, then they can they can just go pound sand because if, if they infect my system, then I can have a backup that can wipe them out. That's what you need to do. So be a little bit smarter, folks. Cybersecurity is not that tough. If you have any other uh, suggestions or questions about uh, what we do here uh, or what we should cover, uh, just drop us a line. You, you can contact me uh, through uh, this podcast uh, at lou at footwashermedia.com. Uh, you can go to eeweb.com and you can make a comment on one of my articles. Uh, but I'd love to hear from you if you have any ideas. Uh, so that's it for this week. And try and stay safe out there, folks. This has been a production of Footwasher Media. <laughs>